Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Friday. It is 545. My name's John. How are you? There's Brady. There's Brett. There's Toledo. This is the morning sickness, and we're ready to go for what will be a glorious day. And a lot of people uplifted by whether you're a fan or not of the Diamondbacks. That was fun. That was a blast yesterday. We had band. So was it uh, the band thing yesterday, and we're going through the motions of what we're doing. I have the TVs on in the back watching that game, and then everybody's just like, all right, put everything down. We're just going to watch this thing close out. And the last couple innings were, you know, watching the Diamondbacks when it was one nothing, leaving guys on base, and you're like, oh, will somebody get a f- hit? <laughs> Not even a Diamondbacks fan yet. Still <laughs> possible with this looming bet I have with chance. the world. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, the uh, you know, sitting there getting excited, and then when that finally they get to... The hit out into the little bleeder out there. You're thinking to yourself, they got this thing to one win tonight. The whole thing's a three-game series, and you got Kelly and uh, Gallon back on the hill. Again, if I'd have told you this back in April, hey, you're going to be down 2-1. If you get the second game, you get your ace and your two back on the hill for games uh, four and five. Would you take it? Or five and six. Would you take it? Of course you would. And back you go. You pull out. The home uh, field advantage and go three straight here, looking down the roadways. You've done exactly what you're supposed to do. First team to steal a road game wins this thing. That's basically what it looks like. So you got to make sure the Phillies don't steal it. The crowd seemed to be, uh, at least through the noise on the speakers, fairly Diamondbacks heavy. Uh, there was a lot of good noise for the D-backs, but the Philly fans were in full force they were visually. Because yeah. like, every time they showed a shot from behind home plate, it was Philly fans up close. Like, they had good seats. The Philly fans had some money. And I don't think I've ever heard or said that about Philadelphia. My Make-A-Wish friend Sam is from Philly. He went back to the to the scene of uh, democracy, Philadelphia, and uh, saw the games. And he and he's friends with Doug Hopkins. And he said, you're going to the game to see the Diamondbacks and Phillies back in Philly. And he goes, no, I don't have any rich friends in Philadelphia because he can't get into the game. And he said, so he's just going to wait to come back here. Where's Philly gear here? So we'll prop him up, and he has to be carried around in a basket because his legs are stairs are a lot. He gets good seats. Well, you know what's funny is those uh, the bars when you take Sam. It's sad because of his ailments, but when you take Sam to a game and put him in those little the special people seats, yeah, the bars are right in his way, and he can't oh. go. So he has to be carried up into his. He's in his, his he's in his basket the whole time, and then you just it's like on the front of a bike kind of basket. You, Legs are kicking out of the bottom. It's kind of like Baby Yoda. If you could get him one of those floating yeah, eggs. Yeah, if we could get him. A, oh, my God. If we could get Sam a floating egg, it would be really nice. But it's he's not that heavy, so you just kind of tote him around on your back in his basket. It's a Master Blaster kind of thing. And the whole time he's just like, I need a glass of water. I need a glass of water. He's always talking Philly talk. And you get him some water. And, and sometimes you go let him have a beer because he's old enough, even though he looks like he's about 12. 
But yeah, he's going to be there tonight because he's got rich friends in Phoenix. So he's going to be. We need to, you know, kind of ice it out of there. I'm I'm a I'm a plebe Diamondbacks fan. I made my promise back in May. I reasserted it here a couple days ago that if in fact they go to the World Series this year, and this was just to combat people talking too much. And Diamondbacks fans, I'm if if I'm going to be part of it. Oh man, it's gonna be, I don't think I can do it. I, it's still just trying to even fake through it is impossible, but just trying to pretend that that's going to be something I do regularly. It's going to be tough. But I have to remember how I felt about my Cubbies earlier this year when I realized the ownership basically said, screw you guys. We bought a couple players. This is not a permanent team. Nothing we're doing is permanent. I'm like, ah, this is no longer ebbs and flows. This is this guy saying, hey, I built a bunch of hotels and cool stuff around Wrigley Field. Enjoy the party. That's about a business for them now. That's that's not about yeah. the team. Yep. And it's not about the fans. Cause or we, baseball. Because you know what they're taking advantage of with me? And this is where I guess it's age and time. As they're looking at me like, you'll always be here. It's true. And will I? Because it's that moment where you feel taken for granted. It's up to the Diamondbacks. Yeah. The Diamondbacks want me. The Cubs are looking at me like, we got you. I don't know. It's, it's a phone company. <laughs> you're already on with us. Let's give new people the better deals. And you're Ugh. you're not going anywhere. Uh, I'm not? Why? You're a business just like T-Mobile or Sprint or AT&T. Why wouldn't I leave for a better option, better opportunity? <laughs> Cheaper prices. There's $20 tickets to playoff games here. But I did get involved in this because Diamondback fans were a little bit lippy back in April and May about how good a start they were off to. And a couple of them talking about, well, this is the best team in baseball, not saying they're going to the World Series back then, except for Dave Hart. <laughs> so, and it started again yesterday. That bases loaded, bottom of the ninth. Everybody tapped back into their. This is the same thing as World Series Game Seven, and they hit the bleeder out into the outfield. And then, uh, you know, they're talking about God. It was so reminiscent. It's the look, unbelievable. Said Luis Gonzalez probably has chills because it's the exact no. It was game three of the NLCS. Game seven of the world. Nobody in their backyard throws the ball in the air and says, Holmberg with the bases loaded and two outs. Swacks us all. It's deep. Game three of the NLCS. It's now 2-1. Nobody ever fantasizes about game three of the NLCS. Nobody. Game seven of the World Series is the pinnacle of baseball. A little bit bigger. It's huge. So I'm listening to the news. It was the exact same thing. This is why Diamondback fans get kind of the the eye roll is because nobody knows how to behave. You watched the beginning of that game last night and compare it to the Phillies. The fans in Philadelphia never sit down. It's like a soccer game. It is a loony bin. For three, four innings, solid. They don't. I'm watching the Diamondbacks crowd, and it's like they're about to get served their first course of a five course meal. We'll get you in a moment. We have appetites on the way, and like they're just sitting with their hands in their laps. Most of them looking at their phones, and then contrasted to the hippies and weirdos in Philadelphia who are losing their minds. It's all heart and soul that's on that field for them, and that's missing from this fan base. Is the heart and soul part? There isn't any. There's occasional spikes of emotion. But there's no heart and soul. A few of you. I know a few of you have been doing this for a while, but not on the whole. That's because there's so much crap going on between innings. I don't know if it's the same during the playoffs, so but the kiss cam and uh, this cam brought to you by SRP. This cam brought to you by... They cut down you know, on some, some of, of it, it they, not okay. as much. During the playoffs. What okay. I've been bitching about it, uh, with that team for 20-plus years is they keep telling you, baseball's not very good. Here's a bunch of other stuff we do to make you want to be here. And baseball fans cannot stand dugout dancing 
the peanut toss, the you know the stupid scoreboard race between the hot dog and the mustard. All that crap is nonstop sponsorship. It's commercials, and this that place won't stop throwing things at you. Like it's a baseball game. Let it be. Last night was a beautiful thing. I mean, Brandon Fa ah ah. That dude should have been railed all over the park. He threw the best baseball game of his career. The guy was outstanding. I went and did that FanDuel bet and got everybody excited because the dude gives up home runs. He went out there and just aced them. I mean, he looked great. I enjoyed losing that bet. I I didn't mind it because by the end, I'm like, hey, if this kid's going to pitch like this. And we still hang in there. Yeah, look, that's just a great, that's a great thing. I'm not saying we yet. Yeah. But it was great to watch somebody, a rookie, go out there and knock that stiff the way he did. And, you know, that, I think it all plays into anybody who's ever stepped on a field, Little League or otherwise, is that moment where you're the new guy and you're like, this is all on my shoulders. Like, I can blow this or I can be the hero. And he went out and stepped up. That's a mental strength that not a lot of people have. That guy didn't collapse at all. He, he was uh, inspirationally good. But let's calm down a little bit about it being the same as Game 7 of the World Series. Mark McClune, Channel 3. Paul Horton, who thinks everything's amazing, Channel 3. All the local news people screaming about how it's the same thing. It's, oh, my God, Luis Gonzalez. What, they want to interview Luis Gonzalez. And like and Luis would tell you, uh, no. You were with Jay Bell yesterday. I was with the guy that scored the r- winning the run. Yeah. And, um, you know, he as humble as he is, just, he's like, eh. It's a little different. It's a lot different. Yeah, he's he's taking the higher. Yeah. He's like, yeah. it, you know, no doubt, great hit ends a game. Awesome but to compare the two Look, is all is walk-offs in the bottom of the ninth are exciting. If it's if it's June, if it's June eighteenth, and there's a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth, it's a crowd-pleasing super game. That's the that's the best baseball can be. Is that you get a walk-off home run or bleeder or whatever, whatever scores that winning run. And the game just ends. It's it's a uh, it's awesome. It's a hail mary. Only it's a different way to do it. Oh, but to sit and compare it to the World Series is ridiculous. So tonight's the big game. Tonight's a big game, and it's a bullpen game. So Diamondbacks are going to. Ra- they don't have four pitchers. That's why I feel like they're in over their heads here. They're like, all right, now we got to rely on all these dudes rolling out of the pen. And get about six Wake pitchers up the sticks a little and bit and it can help. Dangerous thing about a bullpen game, if it's not working out, you've just burned seven arms. Tomorrow night you got another game. So you gotta now you gotta really rely on Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon to get you through. We'll see. It's gonna be fun. But tonight, if they win tonight, boy oh boy. Maybe that'll grow a couple of uh, you know, heart and soul moments for the fan base so they can have that Philly kind of reaction. Because last night it was kind of exciting to hear it how was. loud they did get, but the beginning of the game was a lot of uh, folded hands, at least on TV. You're not seeing that. Even the Rangers and Astros game, you're like, man, these people are really into it by comparison. It takes some it takes some theatrics for Diamondback fans to really get going. But, yeah, you look at the uh, the other teams, and, you know, as I've been contemplating my, my ridiculous commentary in May about how I would switch from the Cubs to the Diamondbacks if they went to the World Series, feeling absolutely no pressure on that at all at the time. I'm honestly... A complete and utter lie, kind of rubbing the nose into the face of the odds of them going to the World Series were minimal at best. Rock Wars, the wake-up song, and the you bastard sight of the day. Want to know more? Visit Holmberg's Morning Sickness online at 98kupd.com. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. 
Uh, also made me remember that I had a FanDuel bet that the Diamondbacks and Mercury would both go to the finals. And it was like a million and a half dollars. <laughs> oh. And while the Mercury, they never had a chance. They they didn't do anything. But the other teams held up their end of the bargain. Sure did. And, uh, yeah, so I I kind of look at the Cubbies that way. of like you, you kind of assume my fandom now at this point. And that's a dangerous thing. Because if you don't turn and say, fans, we haven't done right by you for a while, and this is what we're going to do, and we need to put a product on the field that you know you can count on rather than this kind of makeshift here's a guy we picked up here's a guy eh, that won your deals and you'll you'll show up and we'll be competitive but we don't have a plan you start looking at it like they don't really care they're just in it for the people to stand around and buy beer again and then in wrigley field they do that every everybody in wrigleyville there every single day that place packs up with beer swillers that want to sing the seventh inning stretch and barack was right it was a beautiful people party in the north side it was i mean white sox don't have anybody go to their games because <laughs> they're terrible and the, yep. and the owners are treating them like garbage. And Again, if they move to Nashville, your loyalty goes away. Yep. You'll be a Diamondbacks fan. Probably. Yeah, wouldn't probably at that point, you know. Well, what other team would be in the running? You want to piss right. off. You want to go the opposite, probably. You would probably say, all right, who's the White Sox rivals? I'm going there. Yeah, just like to, just to Detroit or the Twins or something like but that. But then... Those are your options on road game fun. Like you got a summer week and you're like, let's go to, you got to go to Detroit. If the Guardians switch back, then I'll go. Yeah, yeah they're the Indians over again. There. If they start yeah, Indian give me a around here, that. Yeah, I'm in. Get me Chief Wahoo <laughs> and a feather. I'm back in. Brady makes a good point. The commander I'm in there. <laughs> yeah, Commander Skins have to go back to Redskins. But I think Cleveland kind of likes the Guardian thing because it's their stupid bridge. It's been there for. Yeah. They got those, Before the team, those dumb guardians. And don't worry. Like, they had to build two things to keep people out of Cleveland. All you had to do was build Cleveland. Nobody wants in there. The guardians guard the gates of Cleveland so bad people don't come in. Uh, you missed all of them. Everybody in Cleveland's bad. It made it... Uh, they protected the alcohol being brought in by Brett's folks back in Provo. <laughs> right. That's what they did. Because yeah. Cleveland's clean as a Your whistle. Your alcohol's safe. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, yeah. it made it okay. They're bringing it in like crazy. Yeah, uh, bottom line was those Guardians d- didn't need to do anything. And the people of Cleveland are so stupid, they think two gargoyles did something. Idiots. When I went to visit my brother probably uh, a little over a year ago, that was the first time I've seen him. And I, growing up in Columbus, never really heard much about the Guardian or Guardians the bridge. The bridge. And uh, going over it, like, okay, there it is. There they are. It's a little different than the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. <laughs> in that it's ugly. <laughs> And uh, it's like, uh, well, oh, that was Cleveland. the bridge. Yeah, and it's a lot different because when you're uh, going over it, you end up in or out of Cleveland, but you're still in Ohio. Uh, at least at the Golden Gate, you get a beautiful view. And then, and when you go the right direction on that Golden Gate, you're in Sausalito, and that's gorgeous. And the views are even better. Cleveland, you're either crossing into Cleveland or the outskirts of Cleveland where the bad people are. Yeah. The hillbilly meth capital You're going to get hit by world. some mullets. Oh, hard. Hard mullets. Strong mullets. You're essentially in northwest Pennsylvania. I know about that place. Ain't nothing proud of that. that br- you're somewhere in the middle of that Guardian Bridge is the best place you can be because you're not in Cleveland and you're not out of Cleveland. 
if you could get transported through some sort of a Kirk or Spock thing to get the hell <laughs> off of that bridge, it would be great. Beat me up, Scotty. Yeah, beat me out of Cleveland immediately. Dump. Filled with losers. Save for Brady's brother, but all the rest of them. <laughs> and he's got a little loser smell on him because he's around there and he defends it, but Cleveland. Well, it's high school, so dominant. <laughs> what, do they get all C's? And dominant over the R words that roll around. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's something to be proud of in your 60s is high school dominance. That's what pedophiles and weirdos are. But he's an employee of the school. He's kind of got to like it. But if you're still excited about your high school football team at 60, life has not dealt you a good Yeah, hand. no, the only, he's, he's, a, he's part of the organization. Sure, sure, but still, you should still kind of keep the kinder to the game itself. Oh, good, they won. But if he's excited about his football team in high school. I he's got some, happy. I got some Jared questions. He's a bogan. Of course he's happy. He's not looking around for anything bad. He lives in Cleveland, and he's found the positives. I look around Cleveland, I found the HIV positives, and they're everywhere. If you can everywhere. do it there, you can do it anyway. <laughs> if you can do it there and not kill yourself, the world is your oyster. Why don't you leave? Too shiny and nice. I like it dull, brown, and awful. The Browns aren't named after the team owner. They're named after the sky and the air in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns. Everybody's emotion. Well, I'm in a brown mood today. Should have been the gloom. Everybody's <laughs> Cleveland gloom. Yeah. Everybody's underpants. That's what the Browns are named after. Everyone in Cleveland's got a nice brown streak in their drawers. Dump. Anyway, Philly's close, but it's no Cleveland. I'll give them, I'm not going to bash Philly that hard. Oof. Okay. And if you've ever been to Toledo, you know Cleveland is a jewel compared to that place. Cleveland's actually Cleveland better than Toledo's a big town resort town. Sure, Toledo is the Bahamas <laughs> wow. compared to Toledo. Or, I mean, uh, Cleveland. Yeah, if you go, like, you see Atlantis on those commercials for the Bahamas and that beautiful beach resort, that's what Cleveland looks like to Toledo. It's like, wow, there's beautiful beaches. and No, there's green water with dead fish in it. Smells like cancer. And then uh, that's Cleveland. And then Toledo is cancer. It's a tumor on the neck of Ohio. On the, the mommy. southern end of, of Michigan. It is a massive, malignant blech. That gushes blood and pus every once in a while. And it looks over at Cleveland going, God, I wish I was Cleveland. Toledo's, Toledo is the Tucson of Ohio. And even still, that's a little bit mean to do to Tucson. Said no one ever. Wow. To, uh, yeah. Uh, Toledo is the Jimmy Buffett of cities. Ooh. Actually, I'll say Cleveland's Man. the Jimmy Buffett of cities. Because there's a group of people that like it for some reason. You can't figure them out. And that's just weirdos that you want isolated anyway. Toledo is sort of the uh, 311 cover band of cities. Like, it's not even the bad 311. It's, like, worst fans of 311 performing 311. And once again, my statement that I'll stand by forever, I'd rather go to 911 than a 311 concert. <laughs> yeah, at, least I, at least I'd be entertained. At least there's some visceral response to that. Anyway, all that said, and I don't know how we got off on Cleveland. Brady, your fault probably. Oh, because he's going to be an Indians fan. Yeah, Loyalty to a team at a certain point. You have to look at if the team's being loyal to you. I got a closet full of jerseys from dudes that were jettisoned from my team. Whose fault is that? Some of it's me. But when you got a rookie of the year, an MVP, a World Series champion, you're pretty sure you can buy his jersey. And in less than 11 months, he's traded. 
I how mean, many Fukudomi jerseys and everything else? The and, Chris Bryant one's the biggest pain. That hurts. And the Diamondbacks have done it, too, but they haven't done it with, like, I mean, Goldschmidt, that's a rough one. That was, That's the yeah. face of a franchise, but you didn't have $70 million. But why? Because you spent it all on Zach Greinke. They've made some dumb moves to lose some really good players, but we'll see. It's exciting. It certainly is exciting to watch a team overachieving. There is there is something that is so American about that, that bad news bears kind of feeling of they shouldn't be here. And look at them go. What about, like, Oakland fans? Now they're in Poor Vegas. Bastards. I mean, do they... Do they change the Niner fans, or do you move? Do you move to Vegas? They're I mean, used to of, it. Yeah, I know. It seemed like forth. it was yeah. a pretty smooth transition for some reason. Well, they haven't gone yet. The A's? They're still. Oh, no, no, yeah. I was talking. Yeah. No, I was talking, I was talking, talking about the Raiders. Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the, it seemed like it was because they move away all the time. <laughs> yeah, they the they were time. used to it. Yeah, they bounce back and forth. L.A., Oakland will come back. Well, ah, you screw you guys. We're going back to Vegas. It's like. They're like your drug addict cousin. He just shows up for a little while, and then he's like, well, I've gotten all I can get out of you. I'm yeah, leaving. maybe most of them never lived in Oakland. They would just go there on the game uh, days. Yeah. Plenty of places. I mean, it just didn't. It was weird. But, yeah, Raider fans and Oakland people, they're used to their teams bailing out. Did you see the dude that uh, retired from baseball, the pitcher May? Yeah. And he put on his podcast, he just looked at the camera, and he goes, sell the f- team, man, to the owner. He goes, There's, I love everybody in that organization, save for one guy. And he goes, sell the f- team. Give it to somebody who has some passion. Some people actually care about baseball. And it's great because as a fan, you'd love to have a player talk about the team you support. Because we don't have a direct pipeline to owners, and they won't listen to us if we catch them at, you know, aho owls and start going, hey, Kendrick, why don't you do this, this, and this? Of course, everybody's an armchair owner. Yeah. But when the players on the team, when they retire, basically go, you're the problem. You've been the problem. You will always be the problem. Get rid of this team. You don't care. It's mommy and daddy's money. He went off on them. He goes, you didn't invent anything. You got mommy and daddy's money. You bought a baseball team. You don't know what you're doing. And he just bashed the crap out of them. And Oakland deserves better. And But Vegas is a good spot for pro sports. We've discovered that. Anyway, Diamondbacks. And also, by the way, Diamondback fans, this little run here, to get you guys all interested and make you feel all emotional and stuff is perfect timing because they need a new stadium. So don't think that any deeper. They start seeing sold-out stadiums tonight for sure, tomorrow for sure. If they win and it goes back to Philly, and they, if they manage to pull this off, come about February, you're going to start hearing, well, you know, what a great rhyme. Just to shame our stadium isn't up to snuff. We sure could, we could bring in a lot more free agents if we had a better stadium. Like, oh, here we go. For sure, the term T.I. will come in. Tenant improvement. improvement's impossible in that place. They want an entirely new place. (laughs) And I don't know where they're going to put it, but they want a brand new facility. And they're going to start hitting us up for it with a winning season. Never really mentioned it while they were sucking and losing 110 games a couple years ago. Remember when they were like, well, the stadium's a little bit old. And like, you shut your mouth right now and win 80 games before you start talking about a new stadium and 110 losses. Rock Wars, the wake-up song, and the you bastard sight of the day. Want to know more? Visit Holmberg's Morning Sickness online at 98kupd.com. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Yeah, there's nowhere down there they could do it now. Not without tearing that one down first. I mean, there is, but it's kind of pushed down south a little more. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a really, there aren't a lot of good spots Without doing what they did last time and having Brett's people go in and kill the remaining citizens. Allegedly. Come no, on. no, no, no. Those people John, were murdered. John, it worked what? out. 
it worked out great. Oh, car accident. Old lady luckily just passed away in her house. Uh-huh. It happens. It happens. Asbestos. The three holdouts with houses and the one business, all of the people who ran that died. Not a problem. I know this because my dad's company was the one who put that thing, built it, basically. They were the super contractors. I ain't moving. Gave it to Perini, and they had three people that wouldn't take the imminent domain deal and they just squatted on their houses magically all three dead before construction began it happens it's a story phoenix doesn't talk about it's a dirty little secret one guy got run off a road single car accident of course it was that's what the italians do and think about it who was funding the whole thing colangelo hello Guy used to run a laundromat in Chicago and ended up right. owning a businessman. <laughs> He's a, good a legitimate businessman. Business that's how it, Italians used to work. I run this laundromat over here. We're doing pretty good. You know what I'm going to do? <clears throat> Pick up that NBA team. I'm going to coach it. And that's exactly what Jerry did. If you look back at Jerry's history, he just... I'm the gonna, timing was perfect. This belongs to me, by the way. I don't know if you guys noticed, but this, this is a game I play with my dog, Jack. I take cookies right out of his mouth, and I'm like, this belongs to me. It's very Italian. And he looks at me like, oh, no. And then when, right as I'm about to take a bite, he takes it out of my hand. And I scream, this belongs to me. And he goes crazy through the house because he thinks he got away. It's, it's a fun, stupid game. That's what Colangelo did with Chicago Bulls. Hey, by the way, this belongs to me. Aren't you the laundromat guy? Yeah, I'm George Jefferson. Out of the way, I'm coaching. Yeah, exactly. I'm also coaching. See, there you go. Yeah. Every successful laundromat business my family started. Move. Out of the way, please. Belongs to me. He's like, oh, by the way, who's the coach? I'm the coach. Not anymore. It belongs to me. I'm the coach. And I'm going to run basketball here soon. And he did. And when I was at the Hall of Fame thing the other day, uh, the, the for some reason, they ask regular people to fund the Hall of Fame, which doesn't make any sense. The owners could, this could, all of them could put money in and the Hall of Fame would be fun. We'll owners, players. Everybody. Everybody involved in the NBA. Jordan and LeBron could save that thing themselves. Uh, they're billionaires. Yeah. Uh, and so are all the owners. So Colangelo has this, you know, golf outing every year. It's a nice thing. But they're asking like businesses and stuff in the city to contribute because it funds the Hall of Fame. And the NBA Hall of Fame is privately funded, evidently, through donations and stuff. Who's on stage? Calipari. Colangelo. And I just turned to Kevin Ray. I'm like, why are there so many Italians in basketball? He goes, woof, they used to run it. That an hour back. I'm like, no kidding. Irish and Italian mob used to run the NBA. They run sports. Well, they just know how to run things like that. They lost their grip. They're businessmen. They lost their businessmen. grip. They got into the cocaine. They tried to out-cartel the cartel. They were over their heads. I've seen Donnie Brasco. I know what happened to your people. (laughs) They were, and then they became drug addicts. I saw what happened. That's all fiction. That's all movies. (laughs) But you'll see when Colangelo's back involved in the planning of the new stadium. It's great to have Jerry back. Uh, He's an integral part of what's going to happen with our brand-new facility. Let's take a look. It's going to go right on top of these people's homes, like Chavez Ravine. We got a few holdouts. Uh, we believe we're very confident in the idea that they will not be there by the time construction starts. It could work out. Well, hopefully, I remember last time that uh, Jerry goes. Uh, <laughs> That's your advice. <laughs> what? Hey, holdouts! <laughs> Let me show you three pictures from 2000. Here, this is uh, Gladys Jefferson. She lived down there. With, you know, right where the uh, TGI Fridays was, and now it's a cold business. That was her house, right there where the elevator shaft is now. Where did she go? She went up the elevator shaft all the way. <laughs> She's watching the Diamondbacks when the roof's open from heaven. What are you telling She's me? She's got a great sight. You should take our sight. offer. 
Doug Hopkins in there making shaky cash deals with some Italian breathing over his shoulder. Just take the house, lady. Let me have the house. <laughs> It'd get it done if uh, definitely done if Jerry's involved. Oh, if Jerry's involved, it might even be done. And he's like, "You mean you want this new stadium yeah, over here? This it's done. Don't worry about it." You can lease this one. I'll I tell built. you right now, the worst thing we could do is get the Italians involved if they build this thing on an Indian reservation. There's another. If you find chance. some artifacts, the Italians are going to look side to side and go, "Guess who gets a new Cucina ladder or whatever the hell this thing is we just found?" <laughs> Put that in your truck, Vito. Don't tell nobody. They'll shut down construction. I got to kill a bunch of Indians. Go sell it to uh, Gilbert Ortega. All right, <laughs> Gilbert Ortega. Hey, look, your first authentic piece. <laughs> this one wasn't made in China. It was made over on the 101. Just move it. Yeah, let's go throw it over there. History has changed. We had no well, idea this tribe lived in Apache Junction. Yeah. If you people cared, <laughs> you wouldn't have buried all their junk. We keep finding it underground. It's not like you knew it was there. Yeah, I, don't be surprised when the stadium talk starts rattling around pretty good. Because that's coming in a big way. And we got Big Jay Okerson coming today. Philly guy, through and through, like big time. So, you know, the Philly people will be here and... uh it's going to be tough. They're not an easy group. They're loud. They're mean. They're they're horrible fans as far as, like, just vicious to the opposition. Booed Santa Claus. They're known for booing Santa Claus. Throwing they're the inventors of the battery throw. Chucking double A's at dudes. I just, <laughs> wonder if one guy gets the credit for that. Who's the guy who first brought the pack in and then, like, lifted his shirt and go, look. What, do you got a whole bunch of Ds? Yeah, these are thick, big Ds, easy to throw. What, are we going to chuck batteries at people? Yeah, we're from Philly. Maybe Big J knows. Why are you bringing Duracells well, into the game? game. Philadelphia is the reason we have to go through the security check and all the other things. Do you have any batteries or projectiles? Do we just throw the battery or yeah. do we, uh, with cheese? Put it on there and put yeah. with cheese? Back before Whit. Philadelphia got goofy. Whit. Yeah, you got to have with cheese. You got to my batteries are covered with cheese. It's got your fingerprints all over. Before uh, Philadelphia got uppity. And weird. They used to give you projectiles as a prize when you first walked. Here's a bat. Here you go. It's bat day. Remember bat day? Philadelphia ruined that by hitting each other uh, with them and chucking them in at the Those players. mini bats are awesome. Mini bats. We got big bats once. We went to Comiskey. Full sizers? Oh, my grandpa took us to Comiskey Park in 1978. Bat day. He got a hat. Who were they playing? Uh, the twins. They had no bats. They gave <laughs> all their bats this away. Bat. That's bat how thing. that works. We got about 41 bats. First 41 fans on the visitor's side get bats. <laughs> hey, what happened to our bats? Hey, man, you want to buy a bat? That's what, you, <laughs> that's what you heard outside of Comiskey. Yo, brother, come over here for a second. I got bats. This one says Carew on it. Yeah, that's Rod Carew's bat, bro. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, we got full bats. Full wooden bats. I was a little kid. I was like five. My grandpa's like, hang on to this. It was too heavy for us banging into stuff. They, you were just a, a response. People probably left a couple in the stands. Oh, positive that they're like, you can't. And it's we're not like the south side out. of Chicago. They gave you a weapon to defend yourself when you go back to your car. Not a bad idea. And now you can't swing and hit a bullet. It used to just be like muggings. Now you just get shot for no reason. Anyway, no more bat day. Thank you, Philly. No more uh, Duracell night. Thank you, Philly. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see. Uh, what you can happens. still, Very I think, exciting. get the baby bats at the uh, merch. You can get it at the merch tent. Because I got Kirby a pink one years ago. It's adorable. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, she picked it up. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> Big pink. <laughs> yeah, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. Don't, don't touch that battery again. That's a lady uh, toy. It's a lady toy. That's why they sell the pink ones. Ooh.
You think a woman looks at that and thinks baseball? <laughs> oh, oh, that's perfect. Up. How much for that thing? Thirty-eight dollars, ma'am. Oh, worth it. Where does it plug in? Pardon? Oh, never mind. I'll use it. Old-fashioned frontiersy dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it has no electron. Oh, this is great. It will make noise. And I can keep it in the man cave, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I look at those pink bats. My brain just goes, ah, oh, that lady's lonesome. So don't tell me about that. What if she still sells sell those at Mercury Games? Yeah. Oh, they sell. Yeah, why are you selling bats at Mercury Games? Get a whole wall of them. That's all they sell. There's pink bats. Pink bat. Pink bat. They got the vendor. I love a pink bat. I like that. That's nice. Best thing about the pink bat, there's no man attached. There's one, there's one big one back there. I'll take the grinder. <laughs> big black bats. Giant black bats. Just like in baseball, only this one's got a strap. Big black bats. We're out of grinders. <laughs> we were totally out of grinders. We've got a Sue Bird, but she's, uh, if you want that, it's yellow. Anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, we've got uh, we've got the Diamondbacks tonight. Very exciting. City's kind of buzzing. Finally, a little buzz going. Last night's game brought everybody back. I got phone calls and texts and dude in Miami, friend of mine in Miami was going nuts. He, so it's good to see, uh, even though I'm not an official fan yet, I'm very happy for all the fans who have suffered through this. And you're watching a, you know, it's the 2001 feeling again, this team. You know, when they went up against the juggernaut Yankees after 9-11, and you're like, ah, they got no chance. And Byung-Hung Kim giving up towering blast after towering blast. and It, it has a good feel to if it. If you go tonight, we make sure um, to do a little uh, social thing and no. record yourself after the last out. Do like a live. Oh, like Greg. Hey, hey I'm out here. <laughs> like 72 Souls. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that commercial. <laughs> You should do it. It's kind of a neat idea. I might. Hey, I'm out here at Blabblewood. I'm in a pickle. <laughs> I'll just copy all of them. Yeah, I kind of like that one, but that's a good idea. And we'll do it with Doug. Yeah. You'll be in a suite. It'll one-up the guy. That's a good move. Uh, anyway, so we're excited. Let's get a wake-up song for the big weekend ahead. Everybody's going to be buzzing about that. Uh, you call us up, 585-9800, and we'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 